When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today I am joined by Mark from the editorial team uh, at Scout uh, because we are going to have a look at what the preseason matches have uh, taught us uh, so far again. Because we've done this already uh, last week, it was with, with Joe to, uh, to pick the brains of uh, those tasked with watching what we can of these matches and, and gleaning what we can from those games. And they, they don't stop coming. There's more and more preseason games, they're getting more and more high profile played in front of huge crowns in America in many cases and there's loads of things to unpack that could mean massive implications for our FPL teams so Mark thank you for joining us how's it been tracking the preseason so far I imagine there's a lot going on yeah I feel like we're sort of entering the peak week now because the, that certainly the first part of it was full of sort of youth players and all 22 players taking part which is it's still happening a bit now but i feel like we're about to enter the the real meat of preseason, and we can finally get some questions answered so yeah it's it's been good keeping up with it some teams have played more than others uh, we've had a match rained off stuff like that the, the premier league series is it the premier league summer series every match is a thriller <laughs> so yeah it's it's uh it's getting it's kicking into gear right now yeah that's the thing as you say um more and more of the first team players do get involved and uh and that's why it's quite useful uh to have the preseason minutes spreadsheet especially um which uh people are probably sick of me flogging but i mean it's my job i'm gonna do it here we go <laughs> the preseason minutes spreadsheet is, is a huge huge important part of uh preparing your team for game week one um, using those preseason games because it will accumulate everything that is going on in these preseason games and it's really as you say the time right now when the because we always caveat with like right at the beginning you are just going to have a load of names that sound like football manager regents you've never heard of and no FPL prices getting involved in the games and now we start to have a higher concentration of the proper players and yeah it's it's a, it's a good opportunity as I said just to let people know that if you want to access that tool to the absolute maximum possible so you can see everything there as it develops throughout the preseason. Then you do need to sign up for Fantasy Football Scout membership if you haven't already got one already. But now is the best time to do it, of course, because you can save up to thirty percent on those preseason prices. Get full access to the preseason tracker and everything else going on uh, in the preseason. Um, you can get points projections, team transfer planners, drafts from the best fantasy managers, uh, including some some former winners, including the most recent one as well. And of course, all of that good stuff in terms of tables comparison tools so that you can just answer the most niche questions and as i keep telling people if you go and get fantasy football scout membership and you can answer your own questions with the members area you don't have to listen to me answer them for you on videos anymore which is always a plus so that they should put that on the poster um but yes the, the big thing is of course these preseason games and we can look in some detail at these uh, mark but obviously yeah if you want even more detail then uh, there are places to find it fantasy football scout membership is uh, one of them and uh, let's jump right into it let's uh, we've got 20 teams to get through i mean we're not going to go for each one individually because some of them it, their preseason hasn't really kicked in yet but one team that really has kicked in and we've already seen some high profile new names playing for them already in some big big games is arsenal and uh, we've got declan rice involved kai Havertz involved but hasn't necessarily been the best start for them so far would you say what can you tell us about the gunners and uh, their start to preseason we've had four games now i think 
Yeah, we have. They won one of them. The first two were draws against Watford and, and Nuremberg, but um, yeah, you could sort of dismiss them as sort of not really first team, although Saka did score against Nuremberg. But the 5-0 win against MLS All-Stars was the first real glimpse into what you would consider their first team. And yeah, it was a, to beat a league's All-Stars 5-0 is, is pretty good. I think pre-match, some of the Kai Havertz. Did you see that he did that cross and volley challenge? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was the wasn't first good, player, was it? <laughs> first player to ever get zero points, um, and that that fit in with the Havertz at Chelsea narrative, didn't it? Really, but he did go on to score in the five nil. Uh, Jesus scored, Martinelli two, Saka didn't, but he assisted twice and was awarded sort of MVP of the match. So they looked pretty good in that game, all guns blazing. But then on Saturday, I believe it was, they lost. It's hard to tell with all the time zones and the early hours of the, you know, if it's midnight, what day is it? But they lost to Manchester United 2-0. But it was down to two individual errors from Ramsdale and Gabriel. So there's not a lot to read into that. It's it's been a mixed bag for them. Yeah, yeah, certainly, and um, it, it's nice to see them get some goals. And so, for example, you know we've got Saka scoring uh, in one game, and then I think assisting uh, twice in the next one. So we've got three attacking returns for him so far. So that, of course, is is useful to know um, when we think about um, who's available. I think the problem is is that everybody getting involved in that MLS game. It's just kind of like we we need to pick from these guys, but then Jesus scored, Martinelli scored, Erdegaard assisted, uh, Jorginho took a penalty. So you know we, you know really like can't Saka take it and just make life easy for us? You know, um, too much going on. Sometimes when they when you get a team win a preseason game like five six seven nil tells you some things, and at the same time tells you nothing because it's just all of them happening at once. Um, but it's really that United game that I, I guess I've got, I've had my eye on as well. Yes, there were some individual er- errors from those players, as you mentioned. What I've what I've seen is it just taking a well, as you would expect, they're kind of re rebranding their midfield. You know, you have to say on paper their best uh, midfield three this season probably would be Odegaard and Havertz uh, just in front of Declan Rice. Perhaps I think most people would say on paper that's probably their best um, uh, midfield trio. And maybe it's we don't have to read that much into it, but it sounds like they just had a bit of a tricky time sort of getting their heads around how that was going to work. And there's some some interesting pictures that have come out of uh, Erdegaard and Rice sort of being like pointing in different directions and being like, huh, what? It's like the opposite of that Spider-Man meme. Instead of them pointing at each other and being like, we're the same, they're a bit like a sixes and sevens. And yeah, Arteta had to take some questions on it as well. So we've got a quote on the screen uh, about specifically about Havertz, Rice and Odegaard, that three. When they play 55 times together, they will be better. It will flow better. They will understand each other better and will be more dominant and better. But it takes time um, to to do that and we have to respect that. Um, And I saw a lot of positive things and things I like much more than the game we won the other day against MLS, even though the result was very different. So, you know, there's some positives to take from that game, but it just sounds like they may need to do a bit of work to get that midfield three ready to go. Um, And I suppose them losing to a Premier League team who... Well, they will face this season. Um, maybe there's something to, to to read into that. I guess I don't know, but I suppose we're still a little bit caveating a lot of things we're saying, aren't we, Mark? <laughs> because of uh, how preseason often goes. Yeah, and of course, by the time we lock in our game week one teams, they haven't played fifty five times together. So, yeah. so well, does that affect what we do? But it's it's yeah, it was a strong it was a strong lineup. To be fair, I think the only there was Enketia over Jesus, but. Um, Timber was played at right back over Ben White, so um, it was kind of inverted a bit um, because of how he learned at Ajax. So it'll be interesting to see if, as preseason develops, does Timber go straight into the lineup, or is uh, does Ben White have enough sort of um, goodwill build up from last season? Mm. Yeah, well, so as you say, this is the start of the preseason. Uh, 
set of matches really kicking into gear. And so what I've actually thrown on the screen right now it is an extract from that preseason minute spreadsheet. We're not just going to shroud it completely in mystery and tell you to go sign up for membership. We're going to we'll talk through some of it so you have a good idea of what it's all about. And yeah, the Ben White thing especially is something that's um, worth. Um, tracking this spreadsheet because i mean the thing is screenshots every now and then uh, are going to help form that opinion as it evolves through preseason. but th- but the bottom line is this is going to change because we've at least got i think we've got two more matches that are preseason games and then there's the um uh at least two or three more games we've got to play before the start of the season so it could shift you've mentioned there about uh ben white and him not starting this game and uh, timber being involved there timber obviously coming in uh highly sought after player people suggesting he, he might be able to displace ben white ben white actually at the moment is the second most utilized player in arsenal's uh preseason which is what that's showing uh, on the top because he played more of the minutes in those games when they weren't using their stronger squad and you had more of those football manager regens getting involved and so um that's the sort of thing that you would keep an eye on on the preseason spreadsheet to see how does timber's minutes now compare with ben white is ben white going to drop down that list um for example uh, and i'll just run through the sort of the top 10 players that we can see so far that are the most utilized at arsenal so uh gabrielle is the officially the most used player in any position. Um, then it's Ben, White, then Enketia, Jesus, uh, Saliba, so that's the top five, Ramsdale, Trossard, Saka, Havertz, and Vieira. And Erdegaard missed the first two. Uh, I mean, the thing is, you, with these spreadsheets, you very much have to sort of, it's not just a case of sort by minutes and the top 11 are going to play. You know, you can, you can sometimes have to sit there and kind of go, Right, okay, well, we know Erdegaard's first choice. You know, maybe he just missed those first two friendlies for this reason, that reason, or whatever. Um, but it can help you with those 50 50 sometimes. Uh, for example, a Wambasaka versus, I think it would have been Nathaniel Klein, maybe, was perhaps the fullback he was competing with for preseason minutes all those years ago. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And so, yeah. Here's a, hopefully this gives you a good idea of what it looks like, uh, but also there's the things for you to track as preseason develops because by the time we hit game week one or the, the week building into game week one, uh, the spreadsheet may look uh, very different. And yeah, big thanks to to Neil and to Tom and to and to Mark for for filling that in for us. It will be um, just an absolute godsend for you guys when you're preparing for your game week one team. Let's shift to uh, a different uh, team uh, in terms of what they've done in the preseason, and we're gonna have a look at Brighton now. Because there has been a few bits and bobs flying about about João Pedro, who it's not like we, you know, it's not like we already had enough Brighton attackers, right? Thanks, thanks, Deserby. Like, let's just let's just put João Pedro like back in the conversation because he's done relatively well so far. Yeah, they've only had one outing so far, and that was the four-three defeat at Chelsea in America. And yeah, João Pedro came on. And he scored a penalty. And I believe he got an assist as well. So that really puts... Uh, if you're someone who's gone for Evan Ferguson, for example, that, that you're already quite nervous about that. Because there's Ferguson, Jack Pedro, Danny Welbeck, Dennis Undab, they're all fighting for one, possibly two spots. But there's also European rotation to factor in. It's just a minefield. Hmm. Yeah, because we kind of felt like João Pedro was the one we could probably afford to ignore. <laughs> yeah, and then now, oh wait, no, we can't. He's involved. And taking a penalty as well, because that's obviously something that is up in the air. Um, off the top of my head, I, I couldn't tell you who was on the field when he took that. And of course, you know, it is a preseason game, so it might not necessarily mean as much. Of course, because they, they will do a lot of practicing and, and training, of course, as well. Um, for full details on Brighton and Hove Albion three, Chelsea four. Uh, which could very well be a genuine Premier League result this season based on what we know of these two teams. Uh, yeah, head to fantasyfootballscout.co.uk to get the full match report there just to find out just how much uh, we can read into that Pedro situation. I do have a quote from that article. So, um, I mean, as as we said, just thanks to Zerbi. Like, because not only has he played well, he's then specifically gone out of his way to like highly praise him after the game as well. So he said he's a top player for us. He's still young, but I think he can be a crucial player for this for us this season because he has incredible ability. He's a complete player. He knows how to score. He has the abilities to attack the spaces on the field. He has incredible technical abilities, and I'm excited for this new player. Well, that sounds like a guy who has a decent chance of starting games. Like, why why else speak of him so highly? But as we know. 
rotation was rife at Brighton uh, last season when they had lots of games in quick succession, and that is probably going to be their scenario this season with 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 uh, you know European involvement. I suppose with Brighton, without wanting to vlog that preseason minute spreadsheet again, it's going to be really important to see who is. There's probably going to be a core. You know, there's maybe going to be six or seven who start three in every four. And it's working out who those guys are. And you can probably work that out based on July 26th, they uh, face Brentford in Atlanta. Then they face Newcastle in New Jersey. And then uh, at the Amex, uh, so back at home. Uh, on August the 6th, they they uh, face um, the new Bournemouth manager, his old team, Rayo Vallecano. So there's three more matches to come with Brighton. Um, I suppose we've we've covered Pedro. Is there any other uh, 50-50s? Or I think we've said this before. There's basically a dice roll. There's too many people for it to be a 50-50. What, what would you be looking out for in those games, Mark? Yeah, well, first of all, I was disappointed to see Enciso uh, not start against Chelsea. He, he came on off the bench. Um, it's, it seemed, I think the, the, the Zerbi's initial team seemed to be a bit stronger. So to see Enciso come on for Mitoma, that made me think... Do you know when uh, on game launch day and we did a video together and I think my initial immediate draft had in Caesar in mm. was really hoping that would become a thing over preseason and that it would he would gradually become a fantastic option at 5.5 million but that is not a great start there is as you say like a few friendlies left to go but um you know, if, if there's any sort of rotation threat with him, it'll have to be somebody else. In goal, Jason Steele and Bartford Bruggen both got a half each. So we're no closer to knowing who the starting goalkeeper is. Yeah, very unhelpful. Thank you, Deserby. We uh, we owe you nothing at this point anyway. If he could uh, be a bit more decisive, that would be great. But yeah, those are the things to use the preseason minute spreadsheet for as preseason does develop. Um, let's move on to Chelsea now because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited here, to be honest. There's, there's a fair few talking points. It's all goals so far. They've, they've played two games now, so they beat Wrexham 5-0, so take that, Ryan Reynolds. Um, and uh, even if you thought that it's only Wrexham, they still scored four against Brighton, who we've obviously just talked about. So, so far, two matches, nine goals scored, three conceded. And, I mean, wow, it's just like a patchwork quilt of, of budget players, including, I mean, Matson, who was a Burnley player last season. I, st- I don't think he's priced yet. You might have to correct me. I've been off for a few days, so I may have missed that one. But he scored twice uh, against Wrexham. Um, we've got Jackson getting an assist against Wrexham, but then Jackson then got two more assists and a goal against Brighton. So he was very much at the centre of attention, but Nkunku scored in both games. All sorts going on here with Chelsea. What what takes you fancy the most? Yeah, well, first of all, you're right. Matson doesn't seem to have a price yet. I keep checking because I want to see what the Crystal Palace um, rack Saki. He, he's had an okay time for Palace. I really want to see if he's a 4.5 mid, but he still hasn't been at it. And it's the same with Matson. Yeah, and Kunku and Jackson have both played well in their minutes, but I don't think they've been on the pitch at the same time. But Pochettino did mention in one of his interviews that um, that is something that will be explored uh, over the final over the final three friendlies. So uh, we're not really closer to, to knowing the answer to that. You know, is Nkunku going to be a forward? Nkunku had a quote himself after the, after the 5-0, I think it was, where he basically said that that was his favourite position, which is a kind of a surprise because at Leipzig he wasn't he was more withdrawn, wasn't he? Mm. And he even said that himself. I mean, that's the interesting thing is like we we obviously scouted him out um, and when he arrived, and yeah, I, I remember him basically saying what his what he very preferred to play was sort of attacking midfield. So, I mean, we take that right. We take if Nkunku's going to play up front, actually up front, and get goals in both games. It's useful, right? Yeah, if, uh, he's quite. His ownership's quite popular right now, but I must admit I've never really considered him because I was thinking, well, I don't want to use a forward spot on someone who's not really a forward. But if it gets to game week one and Chelsea don't buy anyone else in that position and he does seem to keep being used up front, that 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 really makes him a, a more appealing option. And yeah, there's also at right back. I know Reese James isn't 
sort of being risked at the moment. So the the playing time of Malo Gusto maybe has to be taken with a pinch of salt, but we could have a four million Chelsea defender starting there, maybe. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Well, I'm kind of hoping that Matson gets four million. By the way, just on while we're on the subject of Chelsea defenders, and then goes back to Burnley, that would be lovely because like the the Burnley fullbacks last season were very very exciting. There's a lot um, up in the air with regards to Chelsea defence. I'm glad you've obviously mentioned it because we've got some uh, some bits on the screen about Chilwell. Because um, of course, with James being minutes managed, that usually just sets off maybe not an alarm bell but perhaps an alarm triangle at the back of fantasy managers minds um enough perhaps enough of a ding for you to think maybe Chilwell is the one who is more who is fitter right now which is I think just objectively that is the case Chilwell is playing more because he hasn't had to deal with some sort of preseason um little tweak to him and Chilwell scored Chilwell got a goal uh, against Wrexham um my understanding is he did fairly well against Brighton as well um, and we got some nice quotes from Joel himself. He said, the manager wanted me to get forward as much as possible. Uh, it's also my game to try and get forward as much as possible, which, I mean, we kind of knew that about his game, but, you know, he's basically coming out and saying the manager was like, go play there. Uh, spaces were there, tried to exploit that, tried to get in behind as much as possible, and I think I did that. So, you know, he's done that in, in both games and seems to have more of a command over the left-back slot than right now James has over the right-back slot. Um, so, so, so there's sort of you know a few fingers pointing in, in perhaps Chilwell's direction because I think most people were interested in Chelsea defence, probably still are. We maybe just need to see. We've got three more games for Chelsea coming up. We've got Newcastle in Atlanta, uh, Fulham uh, in Maryland, and then Borussia Dortmund at Soldier Field in Chicago. And so, I mean, that last one especially will be very, very useful for working out if James is fit and ready to be involved. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that front. I suppose perhaps the only disappointing thing, maybe, uh, for, well, maybe just for me personally, because I had Sterling in one of my earlier drafts, just the one assist for him so far. And, and in terms of the attacking returns, it seems to be coming from the forwards, which is a place where none of us have really made space for a Chelsea player. You know, annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I do wonder if there, there could be maybe three five two is popular at the moment, but is, is there time for three four three there? Be popular again, depending on how these sort of forwards get on. Uh, if um, I know something like Ollie Watkins is having a good preseason, so it, it's quite easy to forget that he's good as well. So, is a third striker going to get back on the radar? Um, yes, yeah. don't know. And it's really, it's really encouraging to hear Chilwell say that, even though we already knew it. That's, you know, that's that's always a good thing. There is Cucurella and Lewis Hall who could play left back, but without any European football to sort of down to one match a week. So maybe 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 that's good for Chilwell. Chilwell's prosperous. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Definitely one to uh, to monitor. Um, you sort of already mentioned a Crystal Palace player. Let's come to Palace now. Uh, they have played actually loads of games. They've played four now. Uh, they have beaten... Oh, sorry, they lost to Barnett 1-0. Uh, they drew two all with Bronby. Uh, they beat Crawley Town 4-0, as you kind of hope no disrespect to Crawley of course and then they beat Watford uh, 2-1 and a couple of standouts uh, got Eze on the screen right now he did very well uh, in one of those games I think it was a goal and three assists I think he was involved in every goal against Crawley so he really doesn't like them um, that I think is the only game that he's got attacking returns in so far but I think he's still playing well you mentioned Raksaki as well so um, yeah what, what do you like about Palace so far in the summer yeah not only not only did Eze play a part in all four of those goals, but it was 4-0 by 24, 25 minutes. So it was just just straight out of the blocks. And then they kept it at 4-0. Yeah, as is a brilliant talent. That was a superb performance. His end to last season under Roy Hodgson was superb as well. Um, I suppose the question is, will, how will Palace in general be affected by, well, it sounds like Zahar might be off to Galatasaray and then Michael Elise he's sort of injured but also linked with a move away so you know if, if the quality around to you sort of drops then that probably doesn't help your own prospect he might be on more set pieces for example but um if, if the team struggles then then he's going to struggle and and everywhere else yeah like Raksaki 
Um, if he gets priced at four five, he'll be very exciting. I think he, he scored how many fifteen goals for Charlton last season, which okay, it is two divisions below the Premier League, but that's sort of a, a good a good talent there. We've also been playing someone who is a four point five midfielder is Ahamada, um, who I think signed in January. From Stuttgart, and he's been playing quite a lot of preseason minutes, and he's he assisted both the goals against Bromby, he scored against Crawley. So if if you are playing three four three and you want a, a four point five midfielder, he could develop maybe as the lead candidate. Yeah, been uh, been looking at him earlier on, um, and yeah, Raksaki, um, I hadn't really. I mean, I probably should have heard of him because I have seen league one football in the last year but um yeah uh if he can come in priced as you say that would be useful um ahamada probably interests me a bit more palace in the past have had a couple of guys like this i there was obviously um uh real 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 i sometimes get his name wrong mm. there was a time when he had a little bit of a spell and he was a 4.5 million midfielder who would sometimes get involved going forward and there was a spell of like six games or something like three years ago where that was quite useful so yeah fingers crossed oh and actually sorry i've just noticed he actually assisted in the 4-0 win over Crawley. i think the biggest thing that stands out for me in terms of uh what we know about these games so far is just the fact that they are still just very attacking i mean i think we kind of knew that anyway i think uh hodgson definitely dispelled any myths that he was some kind of um conservative manager um you know to, to the detriment of the team you know boring sideways passes things like that no he he did a very good job of really freeing the attacking talent and, and letting them you know uh, take to the pitch with uh, a swagger that was uh, appropriate to their level of skill and uh yeah so it's nice to see them still trying to blow teams away nice and quick um, and their two forwards are very very cheap Edouard is 5.5 and Mateta is, is 5. And they've both scored at least a couple already. So uh, Edouard got both goals against Watford on Saturday. So if I suppose that doesn't help in, in terms of one of Sealy being first choice over the other. But if we're, we're talking about Jao Pedro as a, as a 5.5 million forward, but if one of these could be a more secure pick, in an attacking Palace team, that, that that couldn't that could be that could have potential. Mm. Well, I mean, the thing is, is we've got actually some really nice games coming up for Palace. Where if they do well in them, maybe people start to look at them and consider them a little bit more. I mean, so on uh, July twenty seventh, they're facing uh, Milanarios, uh, but then they face Sevilla on July twenty uh, July thirty first, and then Lyon on August fifth. Two big European clubs who you'd argue are on paper better than Crystal Palace, um, which of course no disrespect to them. So let's let's see how they do against those guys. They they could be some fantastic games for working out just how good these guys are. If Eze gets loads of attacking returns against those guys, then maybe he can be that powerful differential for game one people have been talking about. I suppose the one thing that's a final thing in terms of it's clear lots of attacking talent here. In many cases, there's a few people sort of using Crystal Palace on the season ticker as being like, oh yeah, I'll start my defender against them. I'm not too sure if you maybe necessarily want to because this is a team that is definitely, I, well, I think anyway, got the opportunity to, to be full to be full of goals. So, yeah, keep an eye on that goal count for, for, for Palace in the preseason, especially against Sevilla and uh, Lyon. Well, let's go to something a little bit more niche now, um, it, it, which is Everton, of course, because we're not normally all that interested. And, and to be honest, the main thing that I want to talk about here is Ashley Young. We don't have a picture of him in Everton kit yet. I'm really sorry. I've got a picture of him on the screen. It's Aston Villa jersey. But 4.5 million defender played on the wing in his first game. It's just one game, but let's get excited, Mark. That's what the preseason's all about. Somebody's playing out of position. Yeah, that's it. And isn't Ashley Young, isn't he the only FPL player to have ever been classified in in all three positions as well? Oh, wow. I did not know that. In his very in the very early days of it at Villa, he was a forward, then a midfielder, and now he's a defender. So to see him <laughs> now being used in a front three is is just full circle, isn't it? It's just it's the way it has to be. And he <laughs> scored against Wigan in that position. So um, I don't know how long term that is because that Dan Juma has just been added. That is very they've, true. They've, they've loaned him. And he's just been priced at five point five million. 
Um, but yeah, seeing Ashley Young is an out of position at this stage of his career, it's it's yeah, it's quite niche. <laughs> well, you do actually have a quote from Everton's assistant boss Ian uh, Wone, who said, "We always thought we were going to take off Ashley Young a little bit earlier. We thought it was going to be sixty minutes, but he said he wanted another ten, uh, so that was a big bonus for us because he got his goal. Uh, he brings so much character around the dressing room to bring someone in of his caliber and experience is invaluable to us. He's a really solid campaigner. And I suppose the only just a, a couple of additional things to add here is, I mean, you're probably right, Dan Juma. You'd you'd like to think that if they're going to make a big." show and dance of getting him in, that they'd want to use him on the wings. Uh, it, it seems to be that Demari Gray is not all that favoured, really, at Everton. And so, you know, and the thing is, Sean Dutch actually is one of these people that's kind of prepared to just play people and say age is but a number. Um, you know, he's he's a big, big fan of people who have lots of experience and uh, who he would see as a proper player, you know, someone like that. And, like, someone like Ashley Young is usually experienced. He's won stuff... Uh, in the past, like quite a while ago, to be fair. But, you know, he, he and, and of course, as you said, very experienced in that he has now played in all three of the outfield positions in FBL as well. So we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but we wouldn't be too shocked, perhaps, if, if, if Ashley Young was involved in out of position uh, at the start of the season. So just keep an eye out for that. Another reason to keep an eye on the preseason minute spreadsheet. Well, let's switch to the other side of the city from the nicheness of the Toffees, to the more obviousness of the Reds with with Liverpool. Salah already turning some heads in preseason because he is getting involved in attacking returns. So far, uh, they've only just played the one game uh, against a team that I've never heard of from Germany called, I think, Karlsruhe. Who knows? Uh, I'm not sure yeah. if I've said that correctly. But it's their new, It was to christen their new stadium as well. Yeah. Uh, the BB Bank Wild Park. So I wonder if they, you know, run around with little pistols shooting each other. I don't know. Um, at the BB Park. But yeah, Salah got an assist in that game. It's not like necessarily amazing, but a lot of people were already going, oh, he's getting involved in the goals. Like, I'm going to panic. I'm going to switch back to getting Salah in my team. And there's yeah, four more um, games to go. <laughs> well, they had a behind closed doors game today as well. 4-4, oh. they finished. Oh, wow. Yeah, against... I'm going to say it wrong. <laughs> Another German side. And yeah, if you if you thought that the goals were spread around in their first win, it was the same here today, 4-4. Four, four. So they've, they've scored eight goals in two friendlies and everybody's been involved. Like Darwin in particular today, Darwin scored twice, Salah scored. And we've seen Gakpo, Jota, Diaz, all of them have... have uh, had a successful preseason, which makes it so hard to predict who will um, sort of be in that front, front three alongside Salah once the season starts. Uh, we do have more friendlies to hopefully help with that a bit, but yeah, the competition is fierce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as we said earlier, we talked about Arsenal, like the spread of goals sometimes it's like, oh, can you guys just, can you just pick one? Just pick a guy. Give all the goals to him. Because, yeah, when everybody's getting the goals in preseason, it is, is very, very unhelpful. So um, what we know so far, Darwin, uh, goal, Salah assist, Gakpo, goal, Jota assist, Jota goal, Gakpo assist, Jota goal, McAllister assist in that first game. And, yeah, it's all happening very quickly. And as you say, behind closed doors. So I actually don't to hand have the, the details of who's got these goals um, in the second game. But um, I suppose we should probably... Well, first things first, the games coming up are Liverpool v Leicester City. I wonder perhaps if that was booked for the tour to Singapore, perhaps before Leicester were relegated. Um, I wonder, because that looks like a, hey, let's bring Premier League football to Singapore. Um, then Liverpool versus Bayern Munich uh, on that same tour. And then... Uh, they're then going to an even more glamorous location of Deepdale in Preston to face not actually North End, but uh, SV Darmstadt 98. So, um, yeah, they're the remaining games. And so, fingers crossed, we maybe see some guys emerge in terms of starters, goals and assists. But actually, what I want to talk about and ask you about thus far, Mark, is actually defence. Because probably the biggest thing that leaps out from those first two games against two teams that me and you have sort of had to like kind of guess how to pronounce... Um, Groith of Firth, you know, possibly sounds like German Germany's answer to Colin Firth. Actually, it's a football club. And despite the fact that they are the clubs they faced, they've conceded six goals to them. That's not good, right? 
and maybe it's pre-season, but against Leicester, Bayern Munich and SV Darmstadt, we probably want to see slightly better defensive potential from them because Trent's 8 million. Yeah. That, that was my sort of view on, on Trent all along that like he's had a price rise to 8 million and yeah, he probably can get an assist, but if, if he also concedes twice in the same match, then, then he's, he's not really, he's not really delivering, is he really? So they've conceded six goals there. Um, I think, well, the views in both matches, Trent hasn't been a right back inverting in the midfield. He has just started in the midfield. Now that could easily just be because they're a bit light on, on bodies there at the moment. Um, with you know some of them being linked with moves to Saudi Arabia, a couple of injuries. So I haven't actually been completely able to see yet if 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 Klopp intends to continue with with how things ended last season. Uh, but it worked. So you'd you'd assume so. But yeah, in terms of defensively, like if you're gonna spend eight million pounds on a defender, which is far more than anyone else, you've got to at least be able to keep clean sheets yeah absolutely i think that's going to be on everybody's mind i suppose the one thing maybe people might say is that in pre-season sometimes um there's a little bit more emphasis um less on the performance and even the result and more on just um getting your fitness up getting into the rhythm in certain stages of the games this game being behind closed doors you know we, for all we know they went four nil up took everybody off and then the kids conceded four goals in the last ten. Maybe um, that information well, may trickle out. That that, that may, we may get more on that. Alternatively, yeah. that's not what happened. It's another it's another reason why the Leicester game, Bayern Munich, SV Darmstadt, all eyes are going to be on that Liverpool defence. Absolutely. Well, even on the last day of the season, it was four four against Southampton, and again, yeah, True. there was nothing on the line in that match either. But uh, it's it's just something to think about, really, because. We can use excuses for every time they do that. <laughs> but eventually, maybe they just aren't the great defensive <laughs> I, like, I like the the mild impatience in your voice there. As I started trying to make excuses for Liverpool, and you're like, no, stop it. They just they just they just suck, David. Like just uh, you know, own up to it. Um, which which we may we may get further proof of with those other preseason games. So I'm sure Mark especially is going to be watching them with an eagle eye, so he can turn around and say, I told you so. And uh, I for one want to see that happen. I want to I want to see you. Prove me wrong. But I enjoyed that. <laughs> well, let's talk about Man City now. So we're, we're, we're up in the ante here with some, some more big big clubs, big names. And uh, yeah, some, I mean, Pep has, has, has like actually been useful. Um, I mean, what's going on? We're through the looking glass. It's, it's crazy. Because we've had quotes on De Bruyne. We've had quotes on Haaland. We've only had one game so far. Yokohama F Marino's three, Manchester City five. Uh, Haaland, I think, I think he scored within seven minutes of the preseason beginning for him. So he continues to terminate as the terminator himself. But let's start with the, the probably the biggest talking point I think for those of us looking to find options in defence. Uh, John Stones uh, playing a slightly more advanced role, uh, scored uh, Alvarez assist uh, as well. So let's talk about John Stones. And we got a quote from him. I absolutely love the freedom to get forward and create and bring my qualities and that side of my game out. I surprise myself sometimes the positions I get in. Well, you're certainly surprising us, John. Uh, 5.5 million. We were already talking about him as being the best Man City defender to own because he basically made himself indispensable to the team with that. Um, it's not really an inverted fullback role. It's kind of that additional number six or I suppose it's a number five now I think is the position people have been talking about centre back who steps out mm -hmm. and plays in midfield he got a goal and he's talking about getting forward are you excited about that? Yeah it's 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 very interesting I haven't once had, had any draft of the Man City defender in just because of well you know Pep Roulette <laughs> and all that lot but yeah. if quotes like that a goal like that, it, it does make you think that if and Man City do play on the on the Friday of game week one, so we should kind of have leaks perhaps. Uh, whether Stone starts the opener against Burnley, um, yeah, there probably will be the occasional game where he frustrates us and gets rested. But as long as you give yourself a good fourth defender, 
it's probably worth the risk and that sort of quote is is very encouraging and yeah he probably is the best defender I haven't heard much about the Guardiola transfer yet but that's probably more likely to affect Ake you would think yeah or perhaps Laporte or Diaz or because in the 3-2-4-1 Guardiola you would say is going to go in that back three rather than the, the middle two yeah yeah yeah, I think so. And Cal Walker seems to be off the Bayern Munich. So it's just really Stones and Akanji sort of Diaz more on that sort of side. So he's a really tempting option. Yeah, indeed. A, tempting is, is the right word. Because as you say, he's not really been talked about all that much thus far for some of the reasons you mentioned there. He was actually in my first draft. I will just say that now. I'll get that out of the way. So when he inevitably bangs in game with one, when I don't have him, at least, at least I was telling the truth, and there's a stream out there somewhere to prove it, and possibly a tweet as well. Um, I, I may, but the thing is, I may still get him back in, to be honest, because I think the one thing that does hold people off, of course, is the city rotation. But I do think in the first four matches, maybe four or five, we won't see loads of it, just based on we can see in previous seasons he doesn't normally rotate all that much at the beginning, and there's usually a core mm. group of players. Stones is one of the first names on the team sheet now for City, which is as an England fan very nice to see. Um, and then as an FPL manager. Uh, yeah, very, 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 very tempting. Uh, in terms of the other guys we got talked about, um, let's talk about Haaland first. Do we, I guess we don't need to, but it's a, it's a nice quote. So um, Guardiola is saying, I mean, this is kind of scary in a way, compared to last season, in that preseason period, Haaland is fitter. He is much better than last season when he arrived. He's not injured. He looks good, but he's still away from being the best condition he can be, like everybody else. Uh, it is important for him to score two goals the first but last season, the last games. He could not score. It's important to take the rhythm and the principles we work with all the time. He knows exactly what he has to do. We know him. And in a few weeks, he will be in better condition than he is now. So basically what he's saying is he's already better than he was, but he's not as good as he can be. So kind of sounds like he's basically saying, this is Pep, that he should be priced $14 million in FPL. Yeah, it's terrifying. The fact that he's been priced at 14, the joint most ever, and he's still on 85% ownership. <laughs> Nobody's fallen for that. <laughs> if there was any doubt about him. And he scored 36 goals last season. Hey, maybe he gets 40 this time. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And, and we're all going to captain him for that ride. So welcome to a world where the captaincy is an irrelevant subject most weeks. So yeah, thank you, Erling. Um, well, I, I don't know. Maybe there'll be some situations where we maybe might go KDB. I don't know. But at the very least, we've got an update on him. So this is what I mean about Pep actually being actually useful for once. Uh, talking about uh, De Bruyne, uh, Guardiola said he feels much, much better. I don't know about Bayern Munich on July 26th because uh, they do uh, have a a game against uh, them on, on the 26th, the preseason game, or the next game against Atletico Madrid on July 30th, uh, because of course he has to train, but he is so close to being back. And so this is actually huge, because the De Bruyne hasn't really been in anybody's drafts, because the the view was that he wasn't going to be ready. It was, it was like he was likely to miss the start of the season. That's what was getting reported around the press. But Pep is already talking about him maybe being involved in these next two preseason games, because if he's saying, I don't know about Bayern, that means there's a chance, you know? It's like, dumb and dumb. It's like, so you're telling me there's a chance. You know, he probably isn't going to play. But the fact that he's even prepared to conversationally talk about those two games in the same breath as De Bruyne being involved, like, that's crazy. And so, and then specifically, he's close to being back. I mean, again, who are you and what have you done with the real Pep? Because firstly, we don't normally get this much information. So, A, thank you. But B, I, mean, I don't know. Like, if he's going to get involved in some of these preseason games, are we going to see De Bruyne in drafts? Are people going to... Because Foden has, in the last week to ten days, built himself a bit of a bandwagon. What do you think? What, what do you? What are you expecting there? And, and for your own team as well, any consideration for KDB? Well, yeah, the, perhaps the bigger effect of, of KDB's return is it just sort of dampens Foden's appeal a little bit more. Um, Riyad Mahrez is going or gone, one of those two. Um, so there's sort of a chance that, well, if, if De Bruyne misses the start, then maybe Foden is more likely to start. Or maybe Julian Alvarez, um, you know, he could be a good differential. But uh, all of a sudden, it's one more midfield option on the table. And I must admit, I sort of did have a few days on the Foden bandwagon, but that's already kind of sort of... Uh, 
gone away a little bit. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but uh, another interesting thing actually was that Cancelo got an assist. Did you see that? I did. I was actually my next question. You have read my mind. <laughs> yeah. Is, it's, is, it's... is he back? Well, I mean, well, literally, physically, he is back. He is in the team, and he's got an assist. He is, he is back. But um, no, I mean, we this time last year, he was sort of essential, wasn't he? Every draft was Trent, Cancelo, possibly James, big at the back, and that feels like so long ago now. <laughs> even if, even if he's in Pep's good books, even if it's a great redemption story, he's never going to be the nailed on Cancelo that he was. So I don't know, there's a good chance that um he's either going to be a rotation player or he's just going to leave. But it was interesting to see that. He, he put it on a uh, Harlan tapped it in. It was a it was a nice cross. Yeah, it's a nice potentially just a nice piece of uh, niche memorabilia, you know. A Cancelo assist. Oh I remember those. Um one for the ages. So yeah, one to one to keep an eye on though, because Pep's not normally the guy to just to actually allow too much game time to people in preseason if they're going to leave because he's very much like a project manager. So it's enough for us to keep an eye on it using, of course, the Fantasy Football Scout preseason minutes tracker. Um, let's have a look at Man United now um, because there's some interesting things going on here. We've got some questions uh, about them. They've had three games so far, but you have to say that um, it's only really the most recent one that we feel like we can probably read too much into. So Tuna won over Leeds in Oslo, but the uh, we had an Emran goal and a Hugo goal with a Hansen Arrowen assist and an Emran assist. So as I said, football manager regens there. Um, I mean, that's no disrespect to them, of course. I mean, I'm sure they're great players and it's a good academy at this club, but it's just in terms of that real like FPL value, it's not much there for us. Um, uh, Van de, uh, Donny van der Beek got uh, the, the only goal and a wonder win over Leon in Scotland. And then, yeah, we, we come back around to this game where Arsenal lost 2-0. Well, they lost 2-0 to Man United and we got a goal from Fernandes, a Mainu assist, who I'm seeing a couple of people talk about. And then he assisted the other goal as well, which was scored by Sancho. So two assists for Mainu. So I suppose Mainu is, 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 is one to think about, I guess. Um, people are interested to see how Mount and Fernandez interact with each other. So, yeah, worth covering that. And then also um, Wan-Bissaka and Luke Shaw as well, perhaps in the conversation for covering defence. Anana hasn't played yet. So there's him as well. There's just so many questions here. Uh, where do you want to start, Mark? You, 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 I'll let you choose from those subjects. What's, what's the one that you've got your eye on the most for your team? Yeah, well, I think there was a collective sigh of relief when Onana was handed a five million price tag because I think people had assumed he was going to come in at five and sort of teams were being imagined with with uh, with that half a million saving on shore. And now that Onana is five million, that 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 extra half a mil can do some pretty impressive things to the to the team. So. That would be, you know, assuming that he will get minutes over preseason and starts as, uh, as number one, which he will, then happy to opt for him in goal instead of a 4.5. Further up, I believe our, on scout, our roundup of the friendly said that Mount played a bit deeper than Bruno in the Arsenal game. Yeah. Um, and we have done a piece looking into that further from last week, uh, trying to see if, you know, will they be in tandem with each other or will they be stepping on each other's toes? Uh, my, my new, yes. Um, I originally thought that that was like a misspelling of Manu, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's not. He, he's, there's a lot of hype around him over the last few days and Ten Hag seems to be wanting to see as much of him as possible over preseason, but that doesn't translate to FPL appeal, obviously. I think San something that could be interesting is that Jaden Sancho has been used as a makeshift forward over the last two games simply because they haven't bought one yet. They haven't bought um the Atlanta striker. Uh but he did score against Arsenal Sancho. So if if, if his confidence suddenly came back and he became the player that we saw at Dortmund, uh that that could develop into something but in all honesty there's, there's so many options uh in their midfield already with, with Rashford and, and Fernandez is really cheap and seven million mount could 
could turn out to be good value as well. It's uh, it's something that we just have to keep an eye on, really. Yeah, Man United's preseason in, in in earnest is still kind of in its uh, infancy because those first two games, as you said, with not too much we can read into, but they do have coming up. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is throwing his hat in again. So uh, Man United versus Wrexham next time out. Uh, then Real Madrid in Houston. So we'll find out if they have a problem. Um, then it's Borussia Dortmund in Las Vegas. Uh, RC Lons are coming to uh, Old Trafford on August 5th. And then uh, they're going to the Aviva Stadium in Dublin, which is a great stadium, by the way, uh, to face Athletic Bilbao on August 6th. So looking at the co- the congestion of those fixtures, you could maybe expect the Lons game and the Bilbao game perhaps to have different 11s or um, very few people would start both. But um, the spreading out of the the other four games... Uh, you know, especially Dortmund and Real Madrid being four four days apart, they're probably the ones to have a look at for um, who's going to start in certain positions. Um, you know, uh, Mainu is is maybe one of them. I mean, just just if people don't know who he is and or what he is, his relevance is in FPL. He's a four point five million midfielder, um, which we haven't really been too inside about so far this preseason, and especially in a world where three five two has been king. But if it's going to get dethroned, you will need a four point five million midfielder. So. An eye on him could be worthwhile. Unlikely that he's going to be a starter come the beginning of the season, but you never know. Stranger things have happened, of course. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. I think um, my only feedback, I think, is actually just additionally on defence. Um, I'm very intrigued to see what we get in the back four. Now, I'm not for any moment suggesting that Brandon Williams is necessarily going to get too near the team, but he's he's had some involvement so far, and he's four million. Um couple of injuries could see him step in of course he has had loans out before um and and I, I think he's very good whenever i watched him so i've got a bit of an eye on what happens with him either at united or elsewhere but the biggest thing for me we talked about this uh, earlier on uh, today in the, the scout report video on anana is aaron wambasaka who is currently the joint most used uh, man united defender so far in the preseason he's the most utilized fullback as well um and he actually was way further forward and more predominantly further forward against Arsenal than Luke Shaw was. Um, and so we got a nice little tidy heat map uh, on the screen and in the article on that win that United had against Arsenal where you can see that uh, Shaw spent most of his time as like a massive angry orange blob in literally the left-back position for Shaw. And there's a smattering, a sprinkling up the left of him making an effort to be a fullback in the traditional modern sense. Um, Wan-Bissaka's is, is much more heavily concentrated in the opponent's half and uh, especially in the sort of, I would describe it as the Trent space, that space between the halfway line and the edge of the box, uh, whipping balls in there. And Wan-Bissaka finished that Arsenal game with more key passes than any other United player. It is just one game, but it is a team that competed for the Premier League title last, last season. So it's worth something. And they've got Real Madrid and Dortmund to come as well. So let's see what happens there. Because you talked about a 0.5 saving that Anana can make you unsure. Well, Anwan Wan-Pasaka can go 0.5 further. So um, it's, a, it's, it's worth a, a look on, on him, I think. And let's see how that uh, progresses. So that is the the main talking points so far of the of the teams we've just kind of pulled out. It was difficult for us to go through all twenty in loads of detail, um, but um, I've got on the screen right now the uh, the preseason page which you can access on FantasyFootballScout.co.uk. If you just go to the very top of the site and click on preseason twenty three twenty four guide, where you will see every single match that every Premier League team is going to play this season in detail in terms of where it's being played, who the opposition is, when it's being played, who got the goals, who got the assists. Uh, who's taking the penalties, who's getting the, the set pieces, and of course the preseason minute spreadsheet as well, all included in that preseason uh, membership. Um, there are loads of other sort of minor little talking points, a couple of teams we can summarize in like a sentence or two, uh, isn't there, uh, Mark? So might sort of send you on a bit of a roundup now on everybody who's left, probably starting with, I guess, Burnley, where we've seen just loads and loads of 4 million defenders play a few times. Or I think I think they've only played one game, I should say, sorry. I think Burnley have played one match, but just loads of 4 million defenders played. So, good news. Yeah, so in the last week or so, they've, they've had that one match against Genk. They lost 2-0. And yeah, um, Jordan Bayer, 4 million defender, and also Al Dakil, 4 million defender, both started there. Uh, I guess the setback to that would be that they have a blank game week two, but um, 
James Trafford has arrived in goal. Nathan Redmond has arrived with the funny videos. Um, yeah, there's, because they lost to Genk, there wasn't really an awful lot to say about them. But, uh, yeah, any other teams you want? You want? Well, we were talking about Spurs, weren't we, earlier? Because we were kind of hoping to get a bit more information on, on, on them in general. We want to see them under their new manager. But, alas, the weather does persist. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the second, with a potential second friendly against Leicester was postponed due to torrential rain. But the, a team sheet had been announced, so we could see that it was a, it was a strong lineup. And um, it was Poro at right back and Destiny Udoji at left back. Now he's, he's, he's very interesting because he's, he's a 4.5 million defender. He scored in their only friendly so far against West Ham. That was a game where Spurs lost 3-2, but they had 31 goal attempts compared to five. Dominated possession. They did everything but win. So the atmosphere coming out of that was still fairly positive. And you have people like Giovanni Lo Celso score. He's only 5 million, but you know, is he likely to stay or get sold? We just don't know yet. Harry Kane potentially... Off to, to Bayern. Again, we don't know that. James Madison looked quite good. But this is only from one match. So we just can't put too much on uh, on preseason, never mind one of the matches. Yeah, that is very true. Um, if only that other game had gone ahead, it would be nice to see. But it's, it's good that, you know, you've got a situation where pretty much from the off, Postacoglu is, is very much delivering on his, his pledge of we're going to play attacking football this season. So... Um, goals should abound with Spurs uh, this this campaign. Uh, they've got Roma and Shakhtar the next to come. Quality opposition. So, you know, if they can bag a few goals against them, that's going to tell us a lot. I suppose what we really need is we need this Harry Kane situation resolved before those games. Because if he if he plays those two, because Harry Kane is just, he's like, irres- he's just com- completely allergic to the bench. He's, he's never going to sit on it. You know, even if he knows he's not staying, he's just like, no, I'm going to play. And I don't really say that as a criticism. I love Harry Kane. If you've not had a chance to check out his interview on the Hot Ones yet, you have to. It's great. Um, but uh, he'll play those games, even if he's going, I reckon. And so, like, come on, man. Either leave now so that we can see who's going to replace you in those preseason games or just turn around and sign a new contract so that we can actually read into those games what you're going to do. It's kind of annoying, uh, really. But I suppose the one thing that we are sure of is goals, goals, goals. It does seem to be what we can expect from from Spurs this season. Uh, you were talking to me earlier on, actually, about West Ham, who did, of course, face um, Spurs. Jarrod Bowen uh, has has turned your head a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's three goals and three assists. Uh, he's been given that price drop. He had a big price rise last season because of how good his 21-22 was. And now his price is almost come back down to that level again. He's had a good preseason so far to go with it. So could he be, he's the same price as people like Raheem Sterling, for example. So could he be, uh, could he be overtaking Sterling in the rankings when it comes to, uh, because Sterling sort of hasn't kicked in so far and Bowen has. Another interesting option up front. And to be fair, they do have three strikers um, as well as this guy, but Divin Mubama, 4.5 million forward, and he scored three goals in like the last three friendlies amongst all the first team players that are scoring. He is completely hanging in there with them. And Skamaka continues to be linked with a move back to Italy. And uh, Mikel Antonio, I think there was sort of noise about maybe him getting a move to the Middle East. So it, there's still Danny Ings probably ahead of him as, as the number one striker, but if we're looking for a preferred 4.5 million forward, it, it could be Mubama. Yeah, it's and, incredible, really. I mean, so I'll, I will just revisit the preseason minute spreadsheet, um, which I've which I've got open here. Is uh, he is actually he is the most utilised West Ham forward in the preseason because Antonio's got no minutes. 
Um, then you've got uh, Callum Marshall, who's not priced by a feel, uh, 45 minutes. Then you've got uh, Skamaka, uh, who has played 45, 45, 31, but as you say, linked elsewhere. Uh, Danny Ings, 45, 45, 59, then missed the most recent one, uh, in which uh, Mubama got 45. He's had three 45-minute outings and one 59-minute outing. And so, yeah, he is the most utilised West Ham forward, uh, significant minutes in all those games, and only uh, about six West Ham players in the entire squad have been utilised more often than him. So, you never know. You never know. Um Danny Ings is a great player, but he's not getting any younger and wasn't necessarily a regular starter last season either. So who knows? Who knows? And with a name like Divin Mumbama, I mean, what an epic name. I'd love to have him in my team. Yeah, it's a great name. <laughs> if, if, if one of, if one of the, the trio of Ings, Skamaka and Antonio, if one of them could be established as clear number one uh, by game week one, it would actually be very tempting to have a six million pound West Ham striker, but I think the chances of that happening are pretty low. Mm. And there's gonna be some uncertainty there, isn't there? And the fixtures are terrible. So I mean really probably getting excited about nothing. Uh which, you know, fantasy managers doing that? Never. Never. Um I will indulge you as we finish with a look at Newcastle because they've actually played three games so far and we've got quite conveniently looking at the preseason minute spreadsheets, a lot of the first teamers are like that, the list of players who are heavily involved is it's all first teamers. There seems to be um, a lot we can read into uh, first choice players there to some extent. Not all of them, but we're seeing involvement from Wilson, Isak, uh, Bruno, Gamares, uh, Almiron, Cher, Trippier, etc. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trippier actually is, is the fifth most utilized player in a season when people are going, oh, he might get rotated. So, what have you seen so far from Newcastle as a fan, FPL manager, anything leaping out? Well, sort of in the early hours of, of, of this sort of Monday morning, uh, there was a match against Aston Villa that ended 3-3. It was a really bad start, though, because Eddie Howe sort of experimented with this wing-back formation, and it, did, it didn't work because Villa very quickly went 2-0 up, should have been 3. Um, but thanks to the youngster, Elliot Anderson, who didn't quite get the minutes... He's, very highly regarded up here. Like it's sort of maybe like the next, like a, a potential start. But the, the minutes didn't quite come last season. But so far he's got two goals and three assists um, over the three matches. So all of a sudden, I think he's a 4.5 million midfielder in FPL. Now, of course, he's not really going to be an option because there's he's uh, likely to be an impact player. Certainly, a, a rotation player. He's, he's not going to be in the starting lineup, you would think. But if he keeps, if he keeps doing this um, <laughs> over the final four friendlies, maybe he forces his way into Eddie Howe's team. Um, so Newcastle got it back to three three thanks to him and Isaac and uh, Isaac and Wilson. Uh, Harvey Barnes is now added to the game as a six point five midfielder. Anthony Gordon is the classic like a new signing because his half season uh, last season was was really rubbish. And uh, Sandro Tonali was such a coup, really. What a, I still can't believe that that happened, that he came to Newcastle from Milan and he's been playing deep. And you can already tell he's just a classy player. He was involved in one of the goals against Rangers. Um, and... Yeah, so he looks he looks classy, but I think Newcastle need at least two or three new bodies really because the squad is there was definitely some luck involved last season. There wasn't that many injuries, especially in defence. Our favourite back four started thirty one of the thirty eight. That's uh, that's not going to happen again. So new bodies are needed, especially with European football now. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, well, if you can get them in before the last two preseason games, I mean, you might be kind of fine, but uh, Chelsea and Brighton uh, have Albion in the last two games. 
uh, we've sort of been saying all summer we are blessed as fantasy managers with the commercialization in many ways of the Premier League on a global scale because just so many of the Premier League teams preseason games are against other Premier League teams which you don't really get much better than that in terms of being able to uh, to test certain ideas uh, for your for your fantasy teams based on who's doing well in preseason if they are actually doing it against Premier League teams normally we're like oh well it's only Wrexham or it's only Reading heard that one before um, many times actually when it when it's Chelsea, when it's when it's Brighton, it's, it's useful. And then the caveat then becomes, well, it's an exhibition match. And um, the caveats still exist, but in my opinion, probably have a slightly smaller impact. So Newcastle, one of many teams that will get to face uh, Premier League opposition between now and the uh, uh, start of the season. Well, that brings uh, this video uh, to a close. Hopefully it was uh, useful for you guys to, uh, to have a look at what's been going on in the preseason. There's all sorts of things going on. And of course, the best place to make sure that you're getting all of that information is by signing up to Fantasy Football Scout Membership. Save up to 30% with those pre-season prices and get a wealth of benefits that we've discussed at length uh, in this video. And speaking of this video, do not forget to like it and subscribe to the Fantasy Football Scout YouTube channel and hit that bell notification as well because there's going to be all sorts of content to come between now and the start of the season. And once the season has begun and we get into the rhythm of deadline, 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 you're going to need those videos uh, each and every week to get the tips and advice from uh, the best and brightest minds in fantasy football uh, every week. So yeah, that bell notification is going to be uh, very uh, very helpful but yes uh, Mark thank you very much uh, for joining us hopefully you're looking forward to the, the rest of uh, pre-season lots more games to cover yes yeah um, bring it on <laughs> bring on that spreadsheet we all love a good spreadsheet don't we so uh, that's why we're here that's why we either do fantasy football scout content or consume it so you know spreadsheets for the win is what I've discovered is is the the presiding uh, motto for the uh, the pre-season so good luck with those spreadsheets good sir uh, we salute you <laughs> But yes, with that, I'll leave you guys to your tinkering and I'll see you next time.